When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everybody. My name is Amelia. I'm going to tell you about my father, about how he was forced to pretend to be someone just to see me and my little brother. But that wasn't all. The worst family secret came out after the divorce, something that changed our lives forever. Theo, my little brother, and I came home from extra music classes. As we got closer to the house, we realized something was going on because suitcases and bags were lying around in the yard and the door and windows were all wide open. Mom and Dad were arguing in a way that all the neighbors could hear. I grabbed Theo's hand tighter, and we sped toward the door. What we saw there made us stagger. Mom was lying on the floor as we walked in, and she yelled, Please don't! Not in front of the kids! And Dad turned around. He saw us standing there terrified. Theo immediately ran up to his father and said, Dad, what are you doing? I couldn't move from my seat. One thing was clear to me. Dad had messed up badly. He didn't say anything. Tears welled up from his eyes. He turned around and quickly packed his things and just left. After the incident, Mom just said that she was terribly upset and that Dad was someone he had never been. She accused him of tyranny, said she had only lived with him all her life for Theo and me. So, of course, we took her side. Theo and I were very angry with my father, but he didn't show up for a while. Meanwhile... Mom had to get a divorce and also work two more jobs. Since there was no one to babysit us, Mom said she would look for a babysitter for me and my baby brother. One, two, three. All were not satisfied, because no one could find a normal approach. And that day, Mom had to leave and had one last nanny interview waiting for her. Theo and I came home after school and noticed a car in the front yard with a sign on it. It was strange. I hadn't seen that car before. We went into the house and my mom frighteningly asked, Are you here already? An obscure uncle came out from the kitchen. Who is that? That's my lawyer, Mr. Lawyer? Do I know you? Your last name is on the car. It's not hard to guess. You're very observant for your age. And you're like Captain Obvious. Excuse me? Amelia, come on. He's helping me sort out some divorce stuff. I hired a nanny, good, experienced, and she knew Theo was allergic to nuts as soon as she saw the antihistamine. Apparently, she's very experienced. Call me if you need anything. I'll be back tonight. Mom and Laura ran out, and our babysitter came out of the bathroom. Scary as our neighbor. We said hello, and she introduced herself as Grace. Theo didn't care. He went straight to his room, and the nanny was finishing dinner. I sat on the couch, supposedly watching TV, while I watched her. I was familiar with the gestures, the way she was stirring the soup and sitting on the couch. Yep, now sitting behind the newspaper will grab a glass. Oh, crap. The babysitter came up to me and I, ahead of her, said, Amelia, hands. She was stunned. I walked over and abruptly took off my wig. Daddy? What the hell? Shh. Be quiet. Theo will hear. Do you mind if I know? Give me the wig. I'll explain everything. Dad told us that he really wanted to see us. He watched us on the way to school, and he secretly paid our house bills and our school fees so that Mom wouldn't know from whom. He swore he loved us and wanted to be there for us. I reminded him of what he had done to Mom and how abusive he had been. And Dad said, Let me guess. Then she told you that I supposedly beat her all her life? From what Dad said, it was very different very different. 
and that the reason she kicked him out of the house wasn't that he was so bad at all. But then what was it? I asked. Dad was about to tell me, but then Theo came out, and we pretended he was just our nanny. Dad was great at pretending. Theo was interested in him, and he ate at home for the first time in a long time. When my brother went to his room, I asked Daddy again what he wanted to tell me. Dad exhaled, You see, your mom's condition is quite understandable, but really, he didn't have time to finish his sentence again as Lower came into the house. Where's Mom? But the lawyer didn't even hear my question. He came up to us and asked if everything was okay. Why? What's wrong? Where's Mom? Mom had some things to do, and she's coming over later. Mom told me to keep an eye on you, so I'll be here for a while, okay? I glanced furtively at my dad, who was having trouble breathing. But we have a nanny, so you can go home. It's okay. Let him stay if he wants. I'll make a bed for him in the living room. Amelia, go to your room. I'll take care of everything. I went to my room and stood by the window and started to call my mom, but her phone was not available. It was strange. She was usually always on the phone. Maybe something had happened to her. Maybe Lord did something to her. The thought kept bugging me, so I looked out the window to check his car. The sign on it was gone, and there was a different license plate. Though the car was the same, what the hell is that? He had a folder in the passenger compartment with some pictures of my dad. What? Father's criminal record? Suspected of murder? God, no, it can't be. I just had time to take a picture of the paperwork and heard the sound of a broken dish and rushed into the house. Laura was lying on the floor, and my dad was standing over him, with no wig. The lawyer yelled for me to call the police, but I had already managed to hit the call button on the wall. I yelled at my dad to let the lawyer go. Theo ran out of the room, and I grabbed him and held him to me. Dad yelled that he didn't do anything that Laura had set him up, but I didn't even want to hear anything. The police arrived a few seconds later, and Dad was just taken away. The lawyer hugged us, and said he suspected the nanny wasn't clean, and that's why he hid Mom in a safe place, and she would be here soon. Your father is a real maniac. He's done things you wouldn't even dream of. That's when our mother arrived. She was so scared. She said that the night my father tried to kill her, she'd found out about his past and threatened to take away his parental rights, and he got mad and tried to attack her, but we came. It was hard for me to believe. I couldn't imagine my father being capable of violence. Theo was in shock for a long time. And then there was the trial. In court, of course, we took the mother's side. My father was convicted. All he said during the trial was that he wasn't guilty of anything. He swore he loved me and Theo, but we were scared to look at him. My mother stripped him of all his rights, and we started a new life. We moved to another town to forget about the past, and after a while, Mama and Theo started seeing each other. Theo and I didn't mind, especially since the lawyer helped us a lot, and he made sure it didn't take too long. They took all my father's assets in favor of our family, his real estate, his car, some savings and the business he had. And things seemed to be getting better. Mom was finally happy. Theo had calmed down, but I had a strange feeling. I couldn't get over what my father had said about what he hadn't said. What did he want to tell me? Why didn't he say it? And why did I keep feeling like I was missing out on something important? But it didn't take long for my questions to be answered. One day, my stepfather and my mother were invited to a wedding by the Johnson family. Theo and I stayed home. He was playing computer games, and I was cleaning up. I tripped and hit the bedside table, and the bottom fell off. Oh, shit. My mom is going to kill me. New furniture, and I broke it, I thought. When I started to fix it, I saw some papers had fallen out. Strangely, among them was a file on me. My brother, my mom, and my dad. And there was something else. There was a photo from my mom's high school yearbook. And in the picture, I saw my mom and my dad and someone else, a third person. I remember my mother telling me that two guys were courting her. But since the second guy was ugly and from a dysfunctional family, she chose my promising rich father. 
The face of the third looked familiar, and then Theo came into the room. Oh, you found a high school photo of your ancestors. Yes, by chance, but I found something else. While I was reading the documents, Theo took the photo in his hands and suddenly said, I saw it in my wallet. Who? That third one next to Mom. That's Mr. Lower. No, no, that's not his name. What if he changed his last name? Horror ran down my spine. We realized something was wrong, and Theo yelled, Mom. We called Mom, but she didn't pick up. We dialed Johnson's phone number through the lower notebook, and they told us that there was no wedding, and that we must have gotten the wrong number. I immediately notified the police and warned them about a possible switched number. In Laura's locker, we found a folder with pictures of our mother. All these years, he had been watching her, taking pictures of us, of our father. My hands were shaking with fear. The car came to the house. We ran out to the police, but there was someone else at the door. Dad? Hurry up. Get in the car. I know where your mom is. There were a lot of questions in our heads, but we couldn't say a word. My father brought us to a house and hid us there and told us not to come out. I decided not to call the police yet. Theo said we should follow him in case he needed our help. We armed ourselves with pitchforks and ran towards the river. I remembered it. My mother told me that she and her classmates liked to rest there. Mom was sitting tied up by the tree, and Dad was fighting with Lore. Theo went to free Mom, and Lore spotted him. He hit him, and he fell to the ground and wanted to attack my mom but I managed to stun him with a rock. The police came right away. The story went on for a long time after that, but it turned out that Laura was Mom's admirer, the one from high school, and he'd invented the father's crimes and had us wrapped around his finger. He had got my mother all twisted up, intimidated her with our father, and she kicked him out of the house, getting rid of Dad. He wanted to get the whole family, but then Mom started guessing. He decided to intimidate her too. Now he's sitting behind bars where he belongs. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... The teacher's eye twitched nervously when he looked at me. I stood in front of him, nervously rubbing my notebook. The girls were whispering and laughing, but the boys were ready to eat me up with their amorous stares. Katie, I have never seen a student like you. The teacher's voice quivered. Either you answer my question or you go straight to the principal. I squealed like a mouse. The boys were all gasping with emotion, and there was hysterical laughter among the girls. It was the toughest test I'd ever had. Hi, my name is Katie, and I'm actually a genius, but I have to pretend to be stupid to get guys to like me. Before this school year, I went to another school, and I had my picture up on all the honor boards. I could compete with a lot of the teachers in terms of knowledge, and our physicist even quit after arguing with me and threw a real tantrum on the principal. After fifth grade, I stopped doing homework altogether because I was so good at it, and I had a place at Yale already secured. But my life wasn't like a fairy tale. I guess it's no secret that guys don't like girls who are too smart. I have a beautiful appearance, but my intelligence scared away all the admirers. When I was on another date, I'd get a little carried away and I'd start discussing the stages of evolution, the boundaries of the universe, or the splitting of atoms. The guys would just blow right off, and they wouldn't even talk to me at school. But I wanted love so bad, more than anything. So, when I got transferred to a new, better school in the state, I decided to change my life. Why do I need brains that outshine my beauty? I want a boyfriend. I want dates and attention. So, I decided to play dumb and according to my calculations, it was going to help me. The first day, I went to school as a living doll. The guys were drooling, but the girls were a little wary. I'm a quick thinker, 
So, I went straight to the breach. Walking down the corridor, I supposedly tripped next to a handsome man. And he just happened to catch me. Baby, are you okay? He played with his eyebrows. Wow, you're strong. I squeezed his biceps. Are they made of steel? I just work out a lot. He answered proudly. And I drink protein. Do you drink them right? How much protein do you consume? What's your protein base? And is it certified? The guy's look immediately changed. He was batting his eyes stupidly. And I think he froze. I'm getting carried away again. What the hell was that curse? Okay, that was a slip, but I almost made it. I decided to change tactics and try my luck with a smarter guy. After picking the best-looking one in biology class, I paired up with him. Everything was going great. I was dumb as hell, and he felt like a real hero. He even put his palm on mine. It took my breath away. But what is he doing? This isn't right at all. I took the guy's microscope away. Are you an idiot? It's so clear. What the hell did you write? Katie, I... I... The poor guy started stuttering, and I started to rewrite the whole thing in a frenzy. And by the time I realized what I'd done, the guy had already run away. And from that moment on, he was on his way to avoid me. What a genius idiot I am. Even zombie wouldn't eat my brain. I'm too smart. But I invented a new tactic, and I joined the company of beautiful fools. Around them, the guys walked like a herd of buffalo at the watering hole. I couldn't understand how it was possible. Even cats are smarter than these girls. Even my microwave knows more tasks than they do. The only thing that saved me was that I am a fast learner and could adapt to their strange behavior. Pretty soon, I could pretend to be so stupid that my brain was catching critical errors. And it worked. I was hit on by a real hottie. Pete and I went on a date, and this strong man was literally carrying me in his arms. I had never heard so many compliments about myself before. One day, he took me to the gym to show how strong he was. Wow, what a barbell. I went over to the dumbbells and looked at them stupidly. It's dumbbells, he proudly announced and hugged me. You don't know anything about it, do you, cat? No, will you show me? Sure, baby. That's a kettlebell. He held up a huge kettlebell, and I was fascinated by his muscles. And this is where I set my record. No one can beat me. Pete went over to the weight machine, set his maximum weight, and pushed the lever as hard as he could. I'm super-powered, you know? I'm like Superman. And then I started shaking with anger. My brain was screaming, and it became hysterical. Even my eyes went black. Superman, that's just leverage. I went over to the simulator. I made the lever longer, and I adjusted it. And then I put my little weight on it and did the same thing Pete did. It's basic physics. What is wrong with you, Pete? How can you be so stupid? There was laughter from all sides of the guys. Pete's lip trembled, and he ran away. And I slapped my forehead with my palm. I'd ruined it again. I was already desperate, thinking it was all useless. Plus, my studies made my teachers furious. I came in here with the best performance, but in reality, I couldn't solve an elementary example because of my disguise. My parents were hysterical, and I made up stupid excuses. I was getting ready to get smart, but then I met Caleb, a musician from the parallel class with an angelic voice. He was incredibly handsome and cool, though he was on the verge of dropping out. I don't need to study. I'm a musician, he was saying. But Caleb was so charming that I fell in love. He wooed me beautifully, composed songs, and gave me the most unforgettable dates. You're so good to me, Cat. You're so simple, not like those nerds. I hate nerds, I murmured, melting in his arms. I was finally done messing things up. My brain was just shutting down from love. But at the end of the semester, the midterm test began, which brought me back from the dream world. Caleb was so bad at studying that he wasn't even bothered. He'd be expelled for sure, and so would I. The teachers wanted to get rid of me on principle, 
and wrote angry messages to my previous principal. Yeah, I really screwed him over. He vouched for me. So, in another algebra class, I got axed with an elementary question. Caleb was staring at me with love, and the teacher was freaking out. Boyfriend or career? A choice that seemed impossible to me. That's where I started my story. Sit down, cat, the teacher said nervously. You can go right after class and sign the expulsion papers. No! I came up to the blackboard. Give me your tasks, all of them. And I solved them all by writing all over the blackboard and even the wall. The kids looked at me with their mouths open, and it was like the teacher saw a ghost. Lesson after lesson, I amazed everyone. I pulled all my grades in just a few days, and the teachers, even the principal, saw me as a real treasure. But Caleb wasn't thrilled. So you're a nerd, he said disappointedly. Yes, but we're good together. You lied to me. You're a crammer, cat. I don't mess with nerds. You're a fool. I got angry. You get expelled. You wouldn't even be able to play music. All the rock stars were nerds. He retorted. When? The 80s? Ow. This is the 21st century. Give me a break, cat. You have homework to do. He left. And I was filled with anger. How could he treat life like that? He'll ruin himself and be nothing. I stormed into his rehearsal room, blazing with anger. Come here, I said sternly and dragged the boy by the hand. What, are you out of your mind? Just drop your guitar already. I was as unstoppable as a snow avalanche. When I took Caleb back to my house, I locked the room where my books were already prepared. Cat, are you out of your mind? Sit down and listen. I sat down next to him, textbook in hand. Get away from me, why are you doing this? Because I love you, you fool. I won't let you get kicked out of school, understand? I'm not gonna read any stupid textbooks. You won't, just listen. You're a musician and you're better at hearing information. That's why it's hard for you to memorize lyrics. I made Caleb listen to himself. We took breaks for tea and conversation. And then I'd go back to hammering it into him. The kid didn't like it, but I managed to teach him for days at a time. Cat, that's it, that's it, I don't like it. Okay, I crossed my arms around my chest. My anger, overwhelming. School's not my thing, Cat. Yeah. You're better off living with your parents until you're old. Work at the diner, play guitar in your spare time. Maybe even play at a cafe or two. Good luck, Caleb. When he left, I cried. I'd fallen in love for the first time, kissed for the first time, and he ruined everything. When he gets expelled, we'll never see each other again. He doesn't want someone like me. And I guess it wasn't love for him. For a week straight, all I listened to was the song that Caleb had dedicated to me. And then, in a heartbreak, I deleted it. I made my choice. But as soon as I did, I heard the same song from across the street. Caleb? I almost fell out the window. I'm sorry, cat. I'm an idiot. Caleb put the guitar down. And then he showed me his textbooks. I don't want to drop out of school because that's where I see you. I love you, cat. Will you help me pass my exams? I was so happy. I was ready to fly. In the evenings, I saw Caleb on my own. And at night, I recorded audio lessons for him. When he couldn't come to class, he'd listen to my voice on his headphones and learn. Even when he was driving his car around town, I could hear my voice through the speakers. It was exam day, and I couldn't help myself. I gave my boyfriend a big kiss. You can do this, Caleb. Just know that I love you. While we waited for the test results, Caleb wasn't himself. The teachers and principal just chuckled indulgently, and they were surprised he was still in school. Even his friends were convinced that he was going to get kicked out of school. But worst of all, Caleb himself was sure of it. Classes with you were the best time of my life, he said. Caleb looked at me sadly. Thank you, Cat. I won't forget that. I burst into tears, thinking this was the end of our relationship. The next morning, after a sleepless night, I heard screams under the window. It was Caleb, and he looked like a happy puppy, not a badass rocker. I passed the test, Cat. 
I'm staying in school. We can keep our hands off each other for days with joy. Finally, my intelligence was able to help me get on with my personal life and also help the person I love. Even now, Caleb often listens to my records and learns new things. But he doesn't forget about music either. Guys, if you think being smart is a curse, give it up. Intelligence can give you so much more than popularity in school. Don't sacrifice your future for supposed fame. Are there any of you who suffer because of your intelligence? Share your stories in the comments. Like and share this video with your friends. Also, be sure to subscribe to our channel and click the bell. I stepped back in fear, thinking I was dead. With my back against the wall, I squeezed my eyes shut and couldn't hold back a scream. Now this huge hot dog was going to kill me for sure. Why did we even come out of the bunker? Hi, my name's Stacy, and I lived in a bunker with my family for 17 years. And it honestly wasn't the best idea to come out of there. But back to me and the killer hot dog, which was reaching out to me. He must have had a gun in there. I screamed even louder. And I think the hot dog himself was scared by my scream. Come on. It's just a flyer for a coffee shop. You don't have to react like that. No, I mean, I know I've pissed off everyone in this neighborhood, but your reaction, miss, is very hurtful, you know. What? You can talk? I asked with a dumbfounded expression, touching a soft hot dog. It's strange. It's made of some kind of material. Pleasant to the touch. Isn't it real? Of course I can. I'm actually a human being too, and you should respect my work. An offended hot dog threw some colorful flyers at my feet and walked away to my loud laughter. I couldn't calm down when I imagined what the whole situation looked like from the outside. And I didn't know people here dressed up in food costumes to promote the food itself. Well, that's not a bad move. I took the flyer and went to the cafe to get my free hot dog. And while I ate the tastiest food in the world, sitting at a table, I thought about my parents, who are probably looking all over town for me. We came out of the bunker not long ago. Honestly, I thought I'd spend my whole life in it, because mom and dad were terrified of the outside world. They always told me it wasn't safe here, and I believed them, even though it made me sad. We had a lot of books in the bunker, and I read them every day, and they were so interesting and exciting. I wanted to see more and more of the outside world every day. But then, something clicked in their heads, and they realized that they couldn't keep me in isolation forever. So when I turned 17, we went out on the surface, and I was blown away by how big and noisy the world really was. Honestly, I was expecting to see vast oceans and pirates. And by the way, I did see them, except they weren't sailing in a huge ship. They were entertaining children near some tall building. I ran up to them with a happy smile, and I told them I wanted to be a pirate too, to look for treasure. The pirate even got confused, and I took away his sword and began to scare the children, thinking that they probably want to take the chest of gold. But the children were not frightened. They laughed and shouted for joy, and one of them even took my sword and bent it. It's not real? I wondered. Of course it isn't real, the pirate grumbled. So you're not a real pirate? I was about to burst into tears. Girl, are you out of the woods? Pirate don't exist since a long time ago. Now go away and don't interfere with children's party. Not only had I been insulted, but I was disappointed in pirates. But that wasn't the worst part. I lost my head so much in joy when I saw the pirates that I ran away from my parents and got lost. At first, panic overwhelmed me, and I couldn't breathe. The high-rises were floating in front of my eyes, and my head was spinning. But when I calmed down, I realized this was a great chance to explore the real world. I was sure my parents had limited me in many ways. And then, an epic encounter with the hot dog happened, which scared the crap out of me. Because I didn't know that food had learned to walk. But as it turned out, it was just a man who made me try a hot dog for the first time in my life. To be honest, I was getting pretty tired of canned food. When I walked out of the cafe, insanely happy, I almost got hit by a car on the road. Look where you're going! The driver shouted at me. You watch where you're going! Can't you see that the light is red? Girls aren't allowed to cross the road on red? The driver, upon hearing this, 
wagged his finger at my temple, and I showed him my tongue and crossed the road still, even though other cars were honking their horns. Oh, what strange rules they have! Who decided to discriminate against women and forbid them to cross the road at a red light? But as soon as I stepped back from that rudeness, someone grabbed my arm. Jin, how many times do we have to look for you? We're in the middle of a photo shoot. There was a disgruntled woman standing in front of me I've never seen before in my life. But I didn't. Let's go, otherwise Alex will be furious. What's the matter with you anyway? You're dressed like you just got out of the bunker. But I am. That's a good one, Jean. But now is not the time for it. I spent the whole trip trying to explain to the stranger that she'd mistaken me with someone else. But the woman was either on the phone with someone else or she wasn't paying attention to me. We arrived at some studio. The photographer looked at me unhappily and said I looked terrible. Is everyone here so rude? I got indignant and crossed my arms. You act like it's your first day on the job, girl. Alex snorted. Run and get changed. I don't want to see that trash on you again. They took me to a room with a big mirror, and I got makeup and cool fancy clothes, which were more like shapeless rags. How are my clothes any worse? They're even better. What kind of fashion is this? During the photo shoot, Alex kept yelling at me because my posing was awful and I didn't know how else to stand. I wanted to cry and go back to the bunker because my loving parents were waiting for me there, not angry photographers. You're crying too? You're crazy. We're gonna have to do your makeup all over again. I'm not Jin, leave me alone. Have you been out till morning again? You feel very bad if you don't get enough sleep. That's enough, I'm leaving. They tried to stop me. Fortunately, the real Jin appeared in the studio at that time. She stared at me in utter shock. Alex and that woman were also surprised. They'd mistaken their motto with me. However, there was no apology from them. They just threw me out, calling me a fraud. How rude people are after all. After that incident, I sat down on the pavement and I cried. I was so scared. I was lost and didn't know how to find my parents. I wanted to go back to the bunker. And even though it was cramped and gloomy, it was a normal environment for me and my family. I walked down the street as far as I could see until I met a policeman. Seeing my condition, he asked me what had happened. I told him the details of my situation. He didn't believe me about the bunker, but he promised to find my parents. They took me to the police station, where I spent full 24 hours. But it was worth it, because the next night, my parents came to pick me up. Stacy, honey, we're so glad we found you. We were so worried. Me too. I hugged mom and dad, and I cried tears of joy. The policeman asked me sternly if it was true that we were living in a bunker. I just wanted to say that it was true. My father interrupted and said, That a bunker is what we call our little provincial town. Later, my parents explained to me that we shouldn't tell outsiders where we lived. Are we going back to the bunker? No, my daughter, my mother said, and she stroked my head. We'll live here now. I was very upset because I didn't like this world at all. In the books, it was different, but in reality, it was noisy and dusty and terribly cruel. Turns out, my parents had an apartment all along. We started living there. At first, it was very hard for me to fall asleep in a soft bed, going out to the store every day and standing in huge lines. But most of all, for some reason, it was the loud music that scared me. I wanted to hide from it as quickly as possible. Also, it seemed very strange to me that people would ask me how I was doing. But when I started to tell them my life story, they didn't listen to me at all. How silly. They asked, didn't they? However, I really liked the internet. But when I started using it, I ran into some scammers. They stole all the money from my dad's account that I'd been saving in there for 20 years. Can you believe it? I was so ashamed. I even tried to lie about having nothing to do with it. You think the money disappeared on its own? Dad frowned. Of course. The internet is so unpredictable and confusing. But in the end, Dad cracked me up and only scolded me for lying to him. That's how we ended up with no money. I was insanely ashamed of what I'd done, and I wanted to give my father back all his savings. But how? I don't know how to do anything. I didn't even go to school. 
They probably wouldn't hire me without it. However, good luck turned to me. One day, I met the very same gin in a store. The girl recognized me and apologized for the way I'd been treated so rudely. And then, she made me a lucrative offer. Since we looked so much alike, we could do a couple's photo shoot. That would be awesome. The PR people would come up with a story about missing twins who meet up years later. But that's a lie. I objected. Yeah, but why do we care? They'll pay a lot. That's all that matters. Do you agree? Of course I said yes. After all, our family needed the money. But I really didn't like modeling. Everyone yelled at me. They were always pulling my hair. And I had to pose for hours at a time. Oh, it was exhausting. Jin, on the other hand, was happy with everything. She once told me that we were making a lot of money now, and she was giving half of it to me. But then I found out by chance that she wasn't giving me half of what she earned, but only a third. Even she lied to me, although I trusted her, told her about the problems in the family. But Jin was devoid of empathy, and she cared more about making money than about my trouble. After that, I quit my job, even though I needed the money. Our family would get by somehow, but I wasn't going to put up with the lie, because I knew that if you've been cheated once, then they would cheat you the second and third time. My parents, learning about this situation, supported me, and then made an appointment to see a psychologist, because every day in the big city, I was getting worse and worse. Thanks to therapy, I stopped being afraid of music big buildings, and the strange people that were all around me. And I finally started using the subway, and I even felt comfortable there. The subway was underground. It reminded me remotely of my home bunker. Later, when our family had money, my parents hired me a homeschooling teacher, so I wouldn't look too stupid at 17. That's how drastically my life changed when I came out of the bunker. I'm used to it now. And I remember my past adventures with laughter. How would you feel in the big city after living in isolation? Write your answers in the comments. Click the bell so you don't miss new stories. And like this video. My name's Grace, and I'm facing a hard choice. Money or love. After all, my crush promised to marry me if I got rid of my millions. But before I continue my story, please like this video and subscribe to the channel. I grew up in a wealthy family. My parents tried to never deny me anything, since I'm their only child. So, I have no idea how to live without money. Money solves everything. If you want a vacation, buy yourself a trip to the islands. If you're seriously ill, buy yourself some expensive medicine. However, not everyone shares my opinion. Unfortunately, my crush Nasfi was one of those people. I fell in love with him a year ago, and he reciprocated. And even though Nasfi wasn't very nice to reach people, he was crazy about me. And he wasn't uncomfortable by my millions. At least, that's what I thought up to a certain point. Grace, you and I have been together for a year now, and I want to ask you to be my wife. Yes! I screamed before he could finish. Wait, I have one small condition. He took my hands. And what's that? I want you to give up your millions. What? I shrieked, and I swung my hand sharply in shock. I accidentally dropped a burning candle on the table, and the tablecloth, of course, burst into flames. And there was a fire in the restaurant. People ran out into the streets in panic, and I panicked and wondered what to do. To choose money and spend my life in luxury, or choose a lover and live my life in love, old clothes, and in a box on a street like a cat family. Uh-huh. Grace, Nasfi told me, money's evil. Money is opportunity and happiness. Without it, there's no life. You're wrong, and I'll prove it to you if you agree to be my wife. Either the disgusting smell of smoke had that effect on me, or it was just love that blew my head off. But I agreed to marry Nasfi and give up my favorite green bills. That smells so good. And rustle in my hands. My parents were shocked when they learned of my decision, but... They didn't mind, because they liked Nasfi, and they respected my every wish. I left the mansion with tears in my eyes, and found myself in Nasfi's old one-room apartment. Is there only one bathroom? I asked in shock. Well, yes. Is that really a problem for you? Of course it's a problem for me! 
Do I have to wait for him to shower every morning? And leave my personal belongings in the same drawer as his? What a nightmare! But I told Nasfi I'd get used to it. I thought the bathroom would be the only inconvenience in my new life. But I was wrong. Can you believe I had to cook for myself? I also had to clean up while Nasfi was at work. Even though I was in college during the day, my husband thought a woman should keep the house in order. I wasn't used to that. I used to have a maid do everything for me. And why should I do anything around the house all by myself? So I wanted to tell Nasfi I wasn't happy. But he came from work with a big bouquet of white roses and he hugged me and he told me I'd make a wonderful wife. His words made me melt. But the very next day, I was snow white again, cause I couldn't figure out the washing machine. First of all, I couldn't get it to work the first time. Second of all, I put too much detergent in and the whole bathroom was full of bubbles. Third, I threw a red stock into the white laundry. I think you can see by now that it was a disaster. I freaked out. I sat down on the floor in the foam and cried out of helplessness. I hate this life. Without money, it sucked. Grace, what's wrong? When Nasfi came home from work and saw me, he ran right over and gave me a hug. I can't live like this anymore. I can't do anything. Oh, my white clothes have turned pink. You'll learn everything, honey. The guy stroked my hand and I pushed him away from me. I'm not going to learn. I don't want to be your servant. If I'm going to live my whole life under these conditions, I choose money over marriage to you. I see. You're just like everyone else. Nasfi said grudgingly. I'm disappointed in you. I don't give a damn. The main thing is, I'll never stand at the stove again. I'll never do your laundry again. But as soon as I got back to the mansion, to my parents, and they shocked me with terrible news, my father had gone bankrupt. His company was in serious trouble. Not only were we left without millions, but our family was also heavily in debt. We sold the mansion, a collection of cars, and my mother and I's jewelry. It was enough to buy a small apartment on the outskirts of town, which was no better than Nasfi's apartment. In the end, I had to do what I did when I lived with Nasfi. Only, I had to teach it to my mother, but she wasn't a very good student. Dinner kept burning, and the iron burned through our clothes. My dad wasn't happy, and he and my mother fought all the time. All I had to do was cry quietly, because I'd lost everything. Money and love. So one night, I decided to write to Nasfi and apologize to him for my behavior. But he didn't answer my messages. And then I saw a picture of him with another girl on social media. What the hell is that? I squeezed my phone so hard that my hand cramped. My anger was so intense. I thought I was going to burn the apartment down. But instead, I tried to find out who this girl was. I looked at her social networking page and realized she was an angel from a simple family. She's a charity worker studying to be a doctor. A real Nasfi ideal, not like me. Honestly, at first, I wanted to just let it go, but I couldn't because the anger was tearing me apart. Nasfi was so quick to find a replacement for me, so he didn't love me that much. With that thought, I went to his house, and when the guy opened the door, I slapped him right in the face. Grace, are you crazy? He touched his cheek. How could you, Nasfi? I thought you loved me, but as soon as I left, you found a replacement. You left me on your own. You chose money. So what? That doesn't mean I stopped loving you. Actually, I regretted my decision right away, but I realized that money really wasn't the most important thing in life. I didn't want to tell him that my family was poor, that I wanted to move out of my parents' house so I wouldn't have to be their personal maid. Really? Nasfi was surprised, and he smiled. Well, of course. I made a pretty face, and Nasfi hugged me tight. This was the picture his new girlfriend saw. She slapped him in the face for the second time that day. I wanted to jump on her with my fists, but Nasfi stopped me and told me he'd be happy to marry me. Then why'd you start seeing someone else? I don't know. Probably to piss you off, Grace. You're such a jerk. <laughs> I laughed, and I patted his hair. I moved away from my parents again. Mom even burst into tears, because now all the housework was her responsibility. Nasfi and I started a new life.
He even started helping me with my chores, even though he was tired after work. I guess I was happy, although to be honest, only my millions could really make me happy. But one day, I saw Nasfi talking to this girl he used to date. He handed her something, and then he hugged her. I didn't understand the situation. I ran up to the couple and pushed the girl into a puddle, and then I slapped Nasfi in the face. The guy somehow calmed me down, and then he helped the girl up. But I put her right back where she belonged, angry that my young man was trying to help her. Grace, you got it all wrong, said Nasfi. He explained that he'd given the girl her things that she'd left in his apartment. And he hugged her, because his ex-girlfriend was having a hard time with the breakup. I almost calmed down, but then my mom came over. As luck would have it, she was walking by with a bag full of groceries. Grace, my daughter! Mom threw the bags on the ground, and then she hugged me. Please come home, I'm so tired. Did something happen? Nasfi asked. Didn't Grace tell you? Our family's broke. We're not rich anymore. I have to do everything myself. Grace used to help me, but she moved back in with you so she wouldn't have to live in the same apartment with us anymore. Nasfi was shocked when he heard that. I could see the disappointment on his face because he knew I'd lied to him. So you didn't give up the money. You just ran away from your parents. No, not exactly. Nasfi, I love you. I shouted desperately. I don't want to know anything else. He laughed, and his ex pushed me into a puddle in anger. Honestly, I didn't even want to get up, because I'd lost someone I loved, who will not take me. I helped my mother carry the bags to the apartment. There was a happy father waiting for us. He told me that his business was going well. All his millions were back, and now we could buy a new mansion and live in luxury again. But I couldn't be happy, because for the first time, I realized that money wasn't my first priority anymore. Without Nasfi, it didn't make me happy at all. Even a holiday on the islands didn't take my mind off my grief. I tried to call and write to the guy, but he blocked me everywhere. That's how he caught me out of his life. I didn't know anything about Nasfi for six months, until a mutual friend told me he was in the hospital. My ex was riding his bike to school, and he got hit by a car. Nasfi was pretty badly injured. I rushed to the hospital right away, but they wouldn't let me in the room because I wasn't related to the guy. But we met anyway, when, after a while, Nasfi came out of the room with difficulty. Nasfi, hello! I shouted, and I waved my hand. He was shocked to see me, but he smiled anyway. We sat down in the hall, and I started an uncontrollable flow of speech. I apologized to the guy, then I told him I was miserable without him. Then I cried and admitted that he was right about the money. And I'm sorry, Grace. I was too hard on you. I didn't think it would be hard for you to change your life like that. Nasfi took my hand, and I cried again. But this time, I was happy. Our relationship was getting better. My father bought us a nice apartment with two bathrooms, and I tried not to ask my parents for money anymore, because I wanted to do everything with Nasfi. He was happy that we got back together again because all these six months, he can get me out of his mind and heart. That's how I realized that money solves a lot of things, but not everything. The most important thing to have is a loving and caring person by your side. Would you give up millions for love? Write your answers in the comments. Hi everyone, I'm Alice, and I really love pets. Do you have pets at home? As for our family, we have a cat and a lion. Yup, you heard right, a real lion. My dad is a veterinarian and my mom is a zoologist. She works for an animal welfare organization. That's why they often have to travel around the world to help animals that got into trouble. I love my parents and I'm proud of what they do, but I'm often left alone for a long time because they are away a lot. Well, not all alone. I have a cat, Tom. Tom has lived with us for a very long time. He is the rightful owner of the house, and like all the family members, he has his own duties. For example, Tom is an alarm clock for me. In the morning, he climbs on top of me and starts licking my face. I simply can't fight off the annoying cat, so I have to leave my warm bed. I wash up, feed my cat, and then I have an ordinary day, just like any 15-year-old teenager would have.
My parents came back from another trip. They were dressed as if they had just returned from a safari. Mom said that this time they helped in building a nature reserve in South Africa. Usually, we would gather in the living room after each trip, and I would listen to their adventure stories open-mouthed. It always ended in the same way. I begged my parents to take me with them, but they said I was still too young and I had to finish school first. I thought that since I couldn't go with them to different countries and watch wild animals, then we could go to our local zoo altogether. I thought it was a great idea, but my mother didn't like it because she hates zoos. She says that the animals are kept there in terrible conditions and are cooped up in cramped cages. Maybe it's true, and maybe she's right, but I didn't think about it. I just wanted to see with my own eyes all the wonderful animals about which they talked so much. Mom understood me. She realized what it was like to listen to the stories about adventures without participating in them, so she agreed to go to the zoo as a family. We went there the next weekend. It simply blew me away. It may sound silly, but I was 15 and I knew everything about animals from my parents' stories, but I never saw them live. I ran from one enclosure with animals to another until I finally got to the cage with lions. I watched those big cats move slowly but very gracefully around the enclosure. Then my parents came over. A small fluffy lump caught my attention. It was breathing hard and fast. The lump lay all alone. I pointed it out to my mom. Mom gasped and ran away somewhere at the same moment. Dad and I followed her. We found her in the administration building where she was arguing loudly with the director. From their argument, I realized that the fluffy lump was a little lion cub and its mother had given up on it. She said that the lion cub was in a critical condition, and if no one helped it right away, it would die. The director said that it was a normal process and it just needed some time to adapt. However, he had to give in when my mother showed him her zoologist certificate. Mom and Dad went to the director's office. I stayed in the corridor and waited for them. In the evening, I asked many questions, but for some reason they didn't answer me and said that I would see everything myself soon. In the morning, I realized what they meant. In the morning, Tom woke me up again and I went down to the kitchen to feed him. But you can't even imagine how surprised I was when I saw a little lion cub eating from the cat's bowl. It was the same lump I had seen the day before. I rushed to caress and stroke him. Then my mother came in. She said that the little lion would live with us for a while until it recovered. Mom was the only person in the city who had sufficient experience, so she volunteered to take care of it, and I was supposed to be her assistant. Mom also added that I should be careful with the lion cub because it limped. When I realized that a real king of beasts would live in our house, I was on cloud nine. I would finally participate in my parents' adventures. I was the happiest teenager ever. Alex, that's what I called the lion cub, and I were always together. When I was at school, I couldn't wait to come home and play with him. Once, I even woke up in the morning because Alex was licking me, and Tom was sitting contentedly on the side of the bed and watching it all. Tom seemed to teach him to do it. On the whole, Tom was like a father to Alex, and the lion cub tried to repeat after him. So Alex and I played, swam in the backyard, and even watched TV. One morning, I woke up as usual because someone was licking me. When I opened my eyes, I nearly jumped out of my bed. A huge lion with a hairy mane was sitting on me. No, Alex didn't grow up in one day. The thing was that a year had gone by. We spent so much time together with him that I didn't even notice how he had turned into an adult lion. All this time, my parents were up and doing. They tried to release Alex into the wild where other lions lived but his forepaws were still injured and releasing him into the wild meant his inevitable death because he wouldn't be able to get any food for himself. Therefore, he still lived with us. In fact, the big cat caused a lot of inconvenience. 
He was becoming a predator, and animal instincts were arousing in him. One evening, the whole family was watching a show about zebras. When Alex was a lion cub, he watched them with curiosity, but now. As soon as Alex saw the zebras, he got up on four legs and pushed off. He jumped right onto the screen to catch his prey, but he just pushed the TV set instead of a zebra. The TV set crashed and Alex hid behind the sofa, frightened by the sparks. Dad carefully cut off the power to the TV set. Mom and Dad began to clean up and discuss what had happened. My parents told me and Alex to go to my room. I realized that it was no good. Alex realized it too. When I sat down on the bed in my room, he came up to me and put his muzzle on my knees. In the morning, I was getting ready for school. That day I was in a hurry and I forgot something. Do you think I forgot my keys or my phone? No, I forgot to lock the door. And it would be fine, but Alex knew that if he put his paws on the door handle, it would open. My classmates and I were in the park near the school. Suddenly, I heard screams and yells, and then a whole bunch of children ran towards the playground. At first, I didn't understand what was happening, but I heard the word lion among the children's cries. I looked into the distance, and I saw my Alex running towards me, limping on his forepaws. He jumped on me and knocked me off my feet. The kids on the playground screamed that the lion wanted to eat Alice. But the lion didn't want to eat me. He was just licking my face, and I laughed out loud. Then the viewers began to woo, but there were no daredevils who went down to stroke the cute lion. Of course, a lion walking freely around the city and jumping on teenagers couldn't be ignored, so a few minutes later, a police car, which was patrolling the area nearby, drove up to us. However, the officers were scared and didn't dare to get out of the car right away. They did it only after they saw that I was stroking the lion. They were clearly at a loss and didn't know how to react to that. When one of the police officers wanted to approach us, Alex began to roar, which scared everyone around. I guess Alex thought that the officer wanted to harm me, and he warned him not to do it with his menacing roar. The police realized that I was the only person the lion obeyed, so they asked me to put him into the patrol car. I followed their instructions in order not to frighten the others, at first, I sat in the back of the car, and then Alex joined me. We could hardly fit there together. The cops were scared, but the metal mesh between the back and front of the car gave them some confidence. However, I saw them jump up in fear whenever Alex roared. This amused me a lot, and I could hardly keep from laughing. The officers listened carefully to my explanations and talked to my mother on the phone. After that, they decided to take us back home. My parents were already waiting for us in front of the house, and they told us to go inside. The police officer said that they were obliged to inform the city administration to resolve the problem. Mom looked sad and told them that everything had already been settled. I found out at home how everything had been settled. It took my dad a lot of time to figure out how to tell me about their decision, but he worked up the nerve and said that they had finally found the right place for Alex. I began to protest and tell them that Alex shouldn't be released into the wild because of his injury and he could die there. I burst into tears. Mom said that Alex wouldn't go there. He wouldn't even get into the nature reserve. Alex would go to a wonderful safari park where he and friendly lions like him would play together. Alex and Tom came to the living room, both looking very sad. They seemed to understand that it was time for them to say goodbye. I wiped away my tears with my sleeve. Perhaps it was really the best solution because he would make new friends there and there was clearly more territory than our small house. In the morning, the whole family, including Alex, went to the safari park. The director was already waiting for us there. Surprisingly, he wasn't afraid of Alex at all and even stroked him. He walked Alex to the enclosure. I must admit, the territory there was huge, unlike in a zoo. Before leaving, Alex licked my face as he usually did in the morning. 
Then he turned around and ran away limping. I saw him run to play with other lions. Seeing this, I realized that it was a better place for him. My parents noticed that I was upset. Dad smiled and said that I could visit him every weekend. I was very happy because I wasn't ready to let Alex out of my life, and I realized that he wasn't ready either because then I heard his roar when we left. Don't be afraid, Alex. I'll see you next Saturday. Do you have unusual pets at home? Tell me about your animals in the comments, like the video, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.